You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. Today's reading is taken from Acts 28, verses 1 to 30. Once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold. Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and, as he put it on the fire, a viper, driven out by the heat, fastened itself on his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess Justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and said he was a god. There was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him and, after prayer, placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and were cured. They honoured us in many ways, and when we were ready to sail, they furnished us with the supplies we needed. After three months, we put out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island. It was an Alexandrian ship with the figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux. We put in at Syracuse and stayed there three days. From there we set sail and arrived at Oregium. The next day the south wind came up and on the following day we reached Petuli. There we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them, and so we came to Rome. The brothers and sisters there had heard that we were coming, and they travelled as far as the Forum of Appius and the Three Taverns to meet us. At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. Three days later, he called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. 
It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letter from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking against this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, our plans often don't happen. We all have stories of COVID and lockdowns ruining our most important and treasured plans, whether studying a course in person, an overseas trip, celebrating key milestones, just didn't happen as expected. And in these years, we've collectively been humbled as we've realised that more of our lives are out of control than we once thought. We've learned that our plans are vulnerable and not set in stone as we once foolishly believed. But beyond COVID, setbacks still catch us off guard and our plans don't happen. Sport, maybe your team is on track to win the premiership and out of nowhere you get injured and now you're watching from the sidelines. But it can be more serious. Life being upended with a serious medical diagnosis all dreams and plans out the window, and now it's just about trying to survive. No one plans for a marriage breakdown and the impacts on the kids navigating life one never imagined. But how about when things of faith don't happen? Maybe you expected to be more public with your faith at work, but now with people mainly working at home, the person across from you barely knows your name let alone your hope in Jesus. Maybe you're in an industry or a school where opportunities to openly share is more and more restricted. 
Think of the overseas missionary who's forced to leave a country in a moment's notice, leaving behind friendships and a lifetime of learning language and culture, and they can never return. Well, today we finish our series in Acts called Church on Mission in Acts 28. And last week we celebrated Pentecost where Tim took us back to the beginning of Acts where Jesus has promised the Holy Spirit to empower his church. And in Acts 1.8, Jesus clearly outlined his plan for them. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So now at the ends of the book of Acts were Jesus' plans happening. See, from day one, Jesus' plan was under threat. As the church witnessed to Jesus, they faced persecution from the Jewish leaders and Jesus then gives Paul a more detail to his plan of going to ends the earth in Acts 23.11, telling Paul, you must testify in Rome. But then he was arrested, faced endless trials, imprisoned, almost assassinated by the Jews, and now almost drowned in a shipwreck. At each obstacle, Jesus' plan seemed impossible. And today, Paul and the shipwreck survivors wash ashore on the island of Malta and They had no idea where they were and they encounter these Maltese locals. They're foreign speakers who could have been a threat, but they offered unusual kindness. Welcoming all 276 survivors with with the warmth of a bonfire. And Paul, the helpful type, he gathers some firewood and gets bitten by a poisonous snake. Just imagine it surviving a shipwreck to be bitten by a snake. It's like a bad joke. And with the locals seeing all this, they thought Paul was a murderer being punished from their goddess of justice. What a battle. Paul's circumstances continually said Jesus' plan couldn't happen. Going to Rome at this point seemed like a fairy tale. But once again, Paul is supernaturally fine from the snake bite. um, And amazingly, he receives kindness and hospitality from the locals. He ends up staying with Publius, the chief official, in the best accommodation on the island. And while Paul couldn't speak the language, it turns out that Publius's father and many others are struck down with this Malta fever. And it was terrible. It would last for four months. Yet... Paul prays, and they're all healed. See, God's kingdom was powerfully at work in this unlikely place. My first point is the church is going to the nations overcame impossible setbacks. See, in these ridiculous circumstances, we can't miss that Jesus is actively making his plans happen. Time again, the church faced impossible threats Yet time again, we're saved. And in all the chaos, the church was now among new people. See, in every setback, we see God's providence is working out everything according to his perfect will. 
And with Pentecost last week, this is the Spirit powerfully at work, transforming dire circumstances to bring the gospel to the nations. Just coming back to Tim's image from last week, often we only think the Spirit is powerfully at work when our circumstances are easy, like driving a powerful racing car down a flat racetrack, you know, picture going from zero to 100 in three seconds. Yet regularly when the spirit is at work, it feels like slowly hauling a four-wheel drive up a muddy hill. The same power, yet it feels like you're barely moving, even stalling through tricky circumstances. See, the shipwrecked men then spend three months from November to mid-February on Malta and just waiting for winter to be over. Ships didn't sail in winter. See, there's often times when it feels like we're going nowhere. Circumstances can seem pointless. Yet on Malta, Jesus' plan was at work healing the locals. And they generously supply them, and again, Paul and his company are set sail continuing on to Rome. Just looking at the map on the screen, compared to Paul's other journey, this trip seemed drama-free. No shipwrecks. And the trip from Sicily to Regium in Calabria, from the ball to the tip of the boot in Italy, this was a short distance, but it wasn't easy. In the original language, it says they made circuit. So if you know sailing The winds caused them to be zigzagging or tacking. Yet on the other hand, with their trip to Patoli in Naples, they had the tailwind of a southeasterly and were flying along, covering 200 miles in under two days. See, as the Spirit unfolds Jesus' plans, sometimes he graciously carries us flying along at speed. But often it feels like we're traveling nowhere in a zigzag. Right now, if you are frustrated, if circumstances feel like you're zigzagging against the wind, maybe you're exhausted enduring storms that Dell mentioned two weeks ago, well, the Spirit is also empowering you through these setbacks. We can trust that in Jesus' perfect plans, and they're still on course, even when ours are thrown into chaos, when we're feeling weak, defeated, discouraged. See, in Jesus' plan, God graciously provides for us everything that we need. See, Paul arrives in Patoli and probably he's weary from all that he's gone through and he finds other Christian brothers and sisters. Because his officer had a mandated break, amazingly, he got to speak, oh, spend a week of an encouragement with them. You know, you pick someone up from the airport. Most of the time, we wait in that one-minute waiting bay and hope not to get moved on. But on those really special occasions, maybe someone close is moving back home, you park and you go into the terminal, maybe you got a sign in anticipation of their arrival. While we're still traveling up, while still traveling up to Rome, Paul again receives this wonderful encouragement. The Roman Christians, full of excitement, traveled 30, even 40 miles down to greet Paul. Imagine the moment, the emotion, 
Paul had written to them in the letter to the Romans and now finally sees them face to face. The encouragement of getting to know them and seeing Jesus' plan unfold in Rome. See, it's amazing how God graciously provides timely moments of encouragement and support and refreshment when needed. And often it's through our community here. Or whether Patoli or now Rome, Christians were popping up everywhere and we see the growing reach of the church. And Paul arriving there was a significant moment. Jesus' plan for Paul to testify there had now been realised. Yet arriving, Paul went straight into house arrest. While he had some freedom, his own place, his hand was literally chained to a guard 24-7, and this would be for two whole years. And he still had to pay rent, so somehow he was also making tents on the side with his wrist shackled. See, Paul was on board with Jesus' plan for Rome, but probably not happy about the chains and being locked at home. What happens when setbacks seem to ruin what we thought were God's plans? Maybe you've been faithfully praying for that family member or friend from school or work and have initiated conversations about faith with them and they just don't seem responsive. At times, maybe they've been open to visiting church and something always just comes up. We can think God isn't with us or something spiritually wrong with us or we just want to give up. Well, it turns out that Paul's chains meant his witness of Jesus expanded. The spirit, spirit powerfully used his massive setback. While Paul was chained, God's word was not. And because it was in Paul's home, it meant he could share Jesus to many boldly and without hindrance. The Roman authorities didn't censor him or shut him down. Further, being housebound for two years enabled Paul to write letters to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to Colossians. The Spirit using his setback to encourage the universal church over the centuries. When God's plans don't always align with ours, the Spirit is at work in us and through us. Maybe you are serving in a ministry and you're, not, you're feeling disheartened. Others aren't as committed or see the kingdom value. This year we heavily promoted the Alpha course and despite your prayers and some of you courageously inviting people, there just wasn't enough registrations to run a full course. See, there can be a temptation here to think our plans are pointless. Why bother? You know, we, we still, though, make plans and entrust them to the Lord, holding our plans loosely and holding on to Jesus tightly. We will continue to offer Alpha and our commitment to making Jesus known to new people remains. Yet when our plans don't turn out as we expect in our disappointments, Let's trust that it's Jesus' plans that are perfect and still on course. And that even in our setbacks, he's achieving his good purposes in the world. If some doors have closed, maybe don't miss the new doors the Spirit might be opening. The church going to the nations made Jesus known to new people. 
See, in verses 17 to 22, as, as soon as Paul gets to Rome, he gets on the front foot with the local Jews and seeks a good relationship. Paul didn't want an uproar and everywhere else they had tried to assassinate him. So he made it clear he had nothing against them and the Romans had nothing against him. And the Jews in Rome remarkably hadn't heard a thing about Paul. Maybe a letter about him was held up on some ship, but they were interested in hearing more. They heard rumours about this sect. So they all agreed on a day and these Jewish leaders from many nations all came to Paul's house to hear more. His house was packed and Paul spent from morning till evening persuading them about Jesus. Friends, the Holy Spirit empowers his church in many ways to serve, to use gifts, to strengthen us in our daily lives. But in Jesus' plan in Acts 1.8, the Spirit's power was specifically to witness to Jesus in the nations. Paul went to the Old Testament, showing that Jesus' plan to send out his church was God's original plan from the start. Possibly from Genesis 12, that God's promise for Abraham's descendants to bless the nations. And Paul persuades them that this Jesus is God's plan of salvation. Through his life and death and resurrection, God's better kingdom rule had begun. If you're searching today and maybe your plans haven't worked out, Maybe life has brought you many setbacks and regrets. Jesus invites you to surrender your plans to his lordship, to be part of God's better kingdom where you can have purpose and new life empowered by the Spirit. See, as soon as Paul shares about Jesus, it divides people. There's a mixed response to Jesus amongst the religious insiders. While some believe and are convinced, Others don't and walk away. And then Paul reads from Isaiah 6, which describes this separation happening in front of him. Those walking away hear and never understand, see and never perceive. Notice Jesus is the point of division. Isaiah indicates ultimately this comes down to our hearts, either having a soft or hard heart. Everybody is individually responsible for their response. Yet this is also part of God's plan, who is ultimately the judge. But the fact that those walking away are the religious insiders is a confronting picture. Growing up in a Christian family or going to church each week or trying to be a good person doesn't automatically make someone a follower of Jesus. See, throughout Acts, sadly, over again, the Jews, the religious insiders, outright rejected Jesus, their true Messiah. So Jesus' perfect plan of salvation was now directed towards the outsiders, and it turns out they listen. See, if we're on board with Jesus' plan, it involves making him known to those who don't know him. For Paul, sharing Jesus to new people is what caused his opposition. Likewise, if we take Jesus to new people, we should expect trouble. 
And like Paul, we can't control other people's responses to Jesus. However, powered through the Spirit, our setbacks won't derail Jesus' plan in our world. See, many Jews rejected Jesus' plan for this multi-ethnic kingdom, but how about us? Here on Melbourne's fringe, the nations are literally at our doorstep. Our church's vision is to be a growing multi-ethnic community. But do you believe this multi-ethnic kingdom is political correctness or Jesus' plan? The same plan given to Abraham to bless the nations. And if this is Jesus' plan, as Tim shared, in God's kingdom, racism has no place. But the bar is so much higher than not be racist. We're called to be family with people who are not like us. So when it comes to culture, everybody thinks they are normal. Aware of it or not, we are all shaped by our culture. See, overall, here we are white and middle class. But I bet your workplaces and local shops are more diverse. So we all need some self-awareness of how our culture, we can elevate some things as important, which can be barriers to the gospel for others. For our in-person services, I'm impressed how punctual everybody is. I know you're thinking, no, we're not. I'm often five minutes late. (laughs) Well, having a high view of being scheduled, being punctual is actually a white middle-class value. And my previous church had many South Sudanese people and culturally for them, it is not rude to be late. It's rude to leave an event too early. You know, imagine it. People arrive 30 minutes into the service. Imagine a judgmental glance for the person who was 10 minutes early. Yet after the service, the Sudanese stayed around for hours as others rushed off as soon as the service had finished and was culturally rude to others. I'm not saying be late. Stay around. But if cultural compromise is just one way, it's not loving. In Jesus, we're in a glorious international family. And with the kingdom mindset, we can pull down barriers for people. See, for Paul, knowing Jesus' plan, he held firmly to the gospel, yet loosely to his own cultural preferences. As we finish, notice how Paul arrives in Malta in verses 4 to 8. Firstly, he was culturally flexible. Paul overcame language and cultural and religious barriers and misunderstandings about his snake bite. He embraced a people very different from him. Secondly, he received hospitality. Universally loving someone is to receive their hospitality. You want to reach your workmate for Jesus? Start by having a meal. Let them invite you over for food. Jesus' ministry was defined by eating with people. Thirdly, Paul was sensitive to present needs. You know, this sickness on the island was an opening for God's kingdom to be experienced as people were healed. If we're truly going to get on board with Jesus' plan to reach new people, 
It will disrupt our preferences and make things uncomfortable. Are we up for the Spirit doing this? Are we willing to lay our comfort down so others can have the joy of knowing Jesus? And it starts with just being open to build relationships with people not like us. Whether at school or work, in the foyer after the service, Let's be intentional in connecting with people from different social, ethnic backgrounds, generations. See, Paul's life was available for the Spirit to interrupt his plans. Are our lives so busy and scheduled that we don't have time to be interrupted by Jesus' plans? Are we open to meeting new people in the incidental things of life at the supermarket when doing exercise, when doing activities with the kids? Sure, stepping out can sometimes feel awkward. But at the end of the day, we all desire to be accepted and loved. And despite our weaknesses, the Spirit will help us in Jesus' glorious plan. So finishing Acts here, Paul is in Rome and making Jesus known to new people. And despite all the setbacks, Jesus' plan is starting to happen. Yet this isn't mission accomplished. There's a massive gap in the storyline. Remember all the courtroom drama that Paul was coming to Rome to testify an appeal to Caesar. So far, Luke has given us every painful detail of each trial. Surely he wouldn't leave out this pivotal moment. See, the ending seems abrupt. It's unfinished. I think because it hasn't happened yet. See, Paul appearing to Caesar is somewhat irrelevant. Through the Spirit's power, Jesus' name is going out to the nations unhindered. And this is the last word. Jesus' plan isn't complete. As the church here in far-flung Diamond Creek, we are the next chapter in Acts, and Jesus' plan continues through us. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.